You're listening to audio from the Village Church, a community that's formed by the gospel and sent on God's mission, gathering weekly in the heart of downtown Hamilton, Ohio. For more information about the village or to connect with us, you can find us online at myvillagechurch.com. Exodus 20, verse 7, and it says this, You shall not take the name of the Lord your God in vain, for the Lord will not hold him guiltless who takes his name in vain. You guys can be seated, and the children can be dismissed to their classes. Good morning. <clears throat> Thanks for that. They actually get shorter in time, so we'll see what happens. And then they get much, 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 much longer, so we'll see what happens. Uh, my name is Michael. I'm one of the pastors here. Thanks so much for hanging out with us. And <clears throat> Man, I was telling somebody earlier, I've been cold for like a week. And like, no matter what, I'm sitting in my office this week in front of the furnace, uh, a little little heater there, and like, I just, I'm like freezing. So thanks for freezing with me this morning. Uh, I want to give you two names, Titus Obadiah Graham and Ireland Aisley Graham. Those are the names of my children. And we could have gone a, a few ways with those names, like an infinite number of possibilities. <clears throat> uh, that's what we landed on. Titus Obadiah Graham, Ireland Aisley Graham. My name is Michael Allen Graham. Uh, my dad's name, Otis Graham, right? He is a junior, so he's Otis Graham Jr. And so when people say, hey, what's your middle name? It's always awkward because he kind of doesn't really have one. But he goes by the name O.J., and so that means that his dad was named Otis. And, you know, by, God, by God's grace, my dad broke that trend just after one generation. Um, and so my brother, he would have had that name bestowed upon him. And that's fine if your name is Otis and, and whatever. And so my dad just wasn't wanting to continue that trend, all right? So when Kim and I, my wife, when we were 16 years old, we were watching a show. And just in the background of the show... Uh, they, they said the word, like, they, they referenced a small child, and they, they said, Ireland. And we're like, Ireland? That's, that's, well, that's it then, all right? At 16. And so we, we just knew. Like, at 16, we would figure that out. And if we had a girl, if, if that was, you know, like, kind of the life that we got to live, then, then our daughter's name would be Ireland. And then um, we went to Jamaica on our honeymoon. We were 20 years old. And everybody was all, Iryman. And we're like, what is that? And they're like, well, it's a type of wood, ivory wood. We use it for everything. But it also means no worries, no problems. And we're like, we'll call her ivory. That is Ireland, and, 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 right? And it just kind of worked out or whatever. Um, however, we had a boy first, and we didn't have that name figured out. And so I remember sitting in our home, just write post-it notes like a, a madman all over, like different you know, scenarios and first name, and there were some names that I liked, whatever, and, and we just, and, and finally we landed on the name Titus, Titus Obadiah Graham, and we didn't tell anybody that uh, until he was born, and so we're having conversations with people, and, and her, uh, Kim's grandma in particular, she was like, uh, you know, what's, what's the name going to, oh, we'll, we'll let you know, because people, you, you know this, they rip baby names, and if you just say it, then if they have one before you, then you lost the name, right? And so we didn't want to tell anybody. And she was like, well, that's fine as long as it's not like Obadiah or something. <laughs> and so we're like, okay. So 
all that to say, man, being able to name a child is a joyful toil, right? And, and honestly, I, you know, just we loved that. It is the first act of authority in the life of a child is, is that we get to name them. And that's kind of a, a cool thing. Now, we don't get caught up in, uh, in a name as being the trajectory of their life. Like, name them something, and then that's what they will be. Like, we're not caught up in that stuff. Although, Titus means of the giants, and he's my height, and he's 13. And so, uh, and, and Irie, no worries, no problems. She's, like, kind of good to have around, you know? And so, uh, neither here nor there. All that being so, uh, the name is a big deal Nonetheless, in other words, we might ask the question that's been posed before, like, what's in a name? And uh, Willie Shakespeare, Will I Am Shakespeare, William Shakespeare, says it this way through Juliet. Tis but thy name, that is my enemy. Now, if you don't know the story, uh, Romeo is a Montague, Juliet is a Capulet, and they don't get along very well, the Montagues and Capulets, and she's kind of frustrated that, that that's his name, that that's his last name. Tis but thy name, uh, that is my enemy. Thou art thyself, though not a Montague. What's Montague? It is nor hand, nor foot, nor arm, nor face, nor any other part belonging to a man. Oh, be some other name. What's in a name? That which we call a rose by any other name would smell as sweet. So Romeo would, were he not Romeo called, retain that dear perfection which he owes without that title. Romeo, doff thy name, and for that name which is no part of thee, take all myself. She's basically saying, dang it, I wish you had a different last name. A, a name is... Is, is just a name yet, given a connection between name and, and nature, it becomes something intrinsic, and it begins to have some value a little greater than that. We name everything. That's what we do. And it helps us categorize and distinguish, and it helps us connect with, and it helps us identify. And you think about in the very beginning of this book, Adam was made, and shortly after, God said, well, name everything. And he got to name Everything that was and all the, the creepy crawly things and all the swimming things and the flying things and all the things, Adam got to name those. There's an, there's an overwhelming amount of information about names. And I don't just mean like, like the list of uh, baby names, which is fun to read sometimes, right? Um, but, but even in the Bible, there is something that's, that's called like the theology of names. And there are people who spend their entire life studying names in the Bible and beyond that, historical stuff. And so there's a ton. You, you can fall into some rabbit holes for days around just this stuff. Today, I'm going to try to like float this thing like up to the top. All right? So we're not going to be doing that much. Everybody has a name. Our pets have names. That, that's what you ask. Hey, I got a new puppy. What, what's its What's its name? Imagine the one who named himself. And I don't mean a, a name change later on in life. But one who had no beginning, no seed of origin, 
no other to, to wield their authority from beginning to end, and he himself having neither beginning or end, but holding the beginning and the end of everything that is. He is self-existent, self-sustaining, self-defined. And not only can we know his name, and not only can we know his nature, but we get to honor it with our lips and with the lives that we live. To misuse God's name is to misunderstand God's nature. That's what we're looking at today in this commandment. To misuse God's name is to misunderstand God's nature. And so we're, we're journeying along. We've been through 19 chapters in the book of Exodus, and we took a long pause, and now we're, we're back in kind of the, the second part of it. We saw God rescue his people, and now we're seeing him establish his people. And then last week, we saw him begin to give them some instruction on what it looks like to live as his covenant community, to live as his people. And so today we're looking at the third command or the third word that we see in this list. Um, so, so what is this commandment? What is this word that we're looking at? It sounds like this. You shall not take the name of the Lord God in vain. For the Lord will not hold him guiltless who takes his name in vain. Like, we've, we've all probably heard that. That's even a, a kind of a cultural thing. And so there's this idea of you shall not do something. Like, don't, don't do this. But then in all of these, there's also like, uh, do something. Right? There, there's the inverse of that. And so the prohibition, like what you, what you shouldn't do, is take the Lord's name in vain, which we'll, we'll talk about that. But also, we get to see as we are God's covenant people, and as we find ourselves today in Christ by faith, we get to see that this is not only telling us what we shouldn't do, but it's saying you, you should walk in this way. Like, you shall walk in. Because you're mine, this is the way in which you, you get to walk. Right? And so that's it. It's kind of exciting for us. And so the idea is this. It prohibits hypocritical, insincere, frivolous use of God's name. So there's a couple words that kind of come together to make this. To take up falsehood or to take up uselessness. Um, to, it, it essentially says, do not carry the name of God in a worthless way. Don't carry the name of God in a worthless way. Don't misuse or misrepresent. Do not lift up the name of the Lord with nothingness, is what someone says. So, so what is his name? We must start there, and then we'll kind of tease some stuff out uh, practically. Uh, we call him God. Wardrobe malfunction. And we're back on track. Um, what is his name? We call him God, Father, Son, Spirit, right? One God and three persons. He goes by many names, and, and there are lots of things that we see him called or referenced to in the scriptures. Kind of in the original language, there, there's some uh, Heshem, which basically means his name. And so we see that a lot. They call him name. They call God name lots of times. Okay, and then we see Adonai, which some songs sing about that. Maybe you've heard that, which is kind of a more generic, like 
Lord, and then we call him, we call him Yahweh. And Yahweh is the way that God revealed himself to Moses in the burning bush in Exodus chapter 3. And, and God said to, to Moses, hey, go tell the people that I've come to rescue them. And he says, oh, okay, quick, yeah, oh yeah, uh, excuse me, what was your name again? That's literally the scene. And God says, tell them I am has sent you. Tell them that, that he that makes that which, that which has been made has sent you. Tell them he brings into existence whatever exists has sent you. Tell them I am the, the one that is has sent you. And so uh, later on, that name Yahweh kind of, we, we also use the word Jehovah, which you've probably maybe heard that uh, a time or two. And then there's this thing, and it's a really technical term, so I have to share it with you. Um, and if you're writing stuff down, this is like Je- Jeopardy. Might win you some money on Jeopardy at some point. Um, tetragrammaton. You got that, kids? Will Hanauer, you got that? Tell your teacher. Tetragrammaton. Um, probably means something like four letters. Yahweh, but with no vowels. Y-H-W-H. And so the reason why, and you, you may have heard this, that, that some Jews throughout history refrain from writing or speaking the words. And so God would be like the one that we don't speak of. Why? Because this says something, and they thought that it kind of said that. Dishonor him. And so for me, that seems like a bit of an overcorrection. To, to honor or, or to not dishonor, it doesn't mean... Um, negligence. In fact, this is undoing the aim that God is, is inviting his people into. We are supposed to make his name known. From beginning to end, he invites us to make his name known. His rescue from, from Egypt, time and time again, he says, so that they might know my name, so that my name might be known throughout all of Egypt, so that all of those, so, so that to the end of the world, they might know my name. And so he's not, in, in fact, it's used like 7,000 times in the Bible. So he's not saying, don't use my name. He's saying, don't use it in a way that is dishonoring my name. So, really practically then, what, what is it actually prohibiting? Like, wh- what, what do we get to look at and say, ah, that's what this is getting at? To misuse means one no manipulation, right? No, no manipulation, no coercion, right? And so if you're writing that down, number one, no manipulation. Um, one way to take a name in vain is to use the name for, for personal gain. And God's saying, don't do that. It's, it's don't manipulate or coerce with the authority of my name. And to be clear, God He despises manipulation. He despises deceitful coercion in general. And and he's certainly not a fan of using him for your personal benefit in a way that he has not designated. And so a couple things come to mind for me. One is the idea of of name dropping. Like you've probably heard someone uh, drop a name on you in conversation that, that just doesn't really, it might not even make any sense, but they just want you to know like, like this week, I had a conversation with somebody, and in and, and, and just normal conversation, they were like, yeah, you know, when I saw uh, John Piper, and I'm like, uh, oh, you saw this 
author, pastor, whatever. Or, or it would be like, uh, like you saying something like, man, this town, like traffic is, is terrible. And somebody being like, yeah, you know, I was in L.A. And, and Kanye was saying traffic was bad there too, right? And you're like, what? Like, so you had a conversation at the airport with Kanye. You know, like I get, I get it. But what we're trying to do in that is it's, it's a boastful attempt to validate. To validate two things. One, you. Because like, oh man, you know Kanye? You're a big deal. You, you met John Piper? Oh my gosh, you must be the greatest. Right? And that's what, we, that's what we're trying to incite. Or you're trying to validate your words. To give them some authority. And so the spiritualized version, God, God told me, and then saying anything else. And I'm not saying that God doesn't speak. But like, type in, God told me to, and you know what it's going to say? It's, it's probably going to say, break up with you. Now, why is that? Because that's like a funny thing that we spiritualize like tough relationships and we say, yeah, I don't know. Like, I'm trying to follow Jesus. Now, like, there's some, there's some valid, like, honor and things in there. But, but like, don't when you have that conversation. Like, God, God told me to break up with you. Like, ah. So you're bringing God into something that, like, you're, you're trying to sort out. And so, like, that, that has the potential for a ton of manipulation, spiritual manipulation. Or, or even when you're praying saying the name of Jesus over and over and over. And we know that his authority has been given to us and it's in his name. But by like our fervor, we're trying to uh, coerce him to act. That's, that's manipulation. Um, and, and that may be confused with faith sometimes, but we have to understand that, that our authority comes from him because of him, not because of how vehement we pronounce his name in a public gathering. Or, in, in a more sickening outlet, you may or may not have heard, and I, I don't even know all of the details, but, but Robbie Zacharias, famous Christian apologist for decades, defending the faith in lots of outlets, like building people up in some super, super helpful ways, he passed away in the last year, and, and some reports have come out and all kinds of stuff. And, and essentially, apparently, he was living in a way that was not, uh, not honorable. And that's an understatement. And so he was using women in ways that women were not to be uh, used and, and, and all kinds of stuff. In, in one instance, there was a quote, and it said that one of the women that he... had interaction with, he told her that if she said anything, that she would be sending people to hell because she would be defaming God's name and his work. And that's wicked. And that's manipulative. And that's coercive. And it's wrong in lots of ways. <clears throat> in, in another way, uh, in Acts chapter 19, I want to read this to you. Again, we're just looking at ways that God's name is manipulated. Acts 19.11. 
And God was doing extraordinary miracles by the hands of Paul. So after Jesus, the Holy Spirit shows up. He's building his church. Even handkerchiefs and aprons that had touched his skin were carried away to the sick, and their diseases left them. And the evil spirits came out of them. Then some of the itinerant Jewish exorcists undertook to invoke the name of the Lord Jesus over those who had evil spirits, saying, I adjure you by the Jesus whom Paul proclaims, seven sons of a Jewish high priest named Sceva were doing this, but the evil spirit answered them. I probably didn't expect that. Jesus I know, and Paul I recognize, but I'm sorry, what's your name again? That's what a demon said to these people who are claiming the name of Jesus. Uh, yeah, I know Jesus, and yeah, the Paul that you mentioned, we're aware of him. You're not on our radar, all right? Um, and, and, and this is what happens. And the man in whom was the evil spirit leaped on them, mastered all of them, and overpowered them so that they fled out of the house naked and wounded. And this is because... Uh, and, and this became known to all the residents of Ephesus, both Jews and Greeks, and fear fell upon them all, and the name of the Lord Jesus was extolled. What happened there? God let some demon beat up some dudes who were claiming his name falsely in the name of manipulation and, and sorcery so that Jesus might be lifted up. It's, it's misusing God's name by calling on him to manipulate. And, and it's the same as, as in, the, in the end when all of this is wrapped up. And many will say, Lord, Lord, we cast out demons in your name. And what will God say? I, I don't know you. You may have done many things in my name, just as these people did. But that doesn't mean that, that you are actually walking with me as my people. And the second thing, uh, under manipulation, it's, it's real simple, like the idea of, like, I, I swear. And so the conversation would go, uh, this thing is true. And somebody would say, like, no way. And they'd be like, way? For real? Yeah, I, I, I promise. Swear to God. Like, why would, why would you do that? And, I mean, maybe we do that. But why would we say, swear to God, the idea is, is divine authority, like, like, in God's name, this is happening. It's validating or legitimizing you or your word. And this gets dangerous, and people swear on things like, like uh, mom's graves and, and family and all kinds of stuff. We see it all the time. And we say things like, God is... Now, that's not always terrible, but, but people... Will, will be like, uh, you swore on your mom's grave, and, 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 and it turns out you lied to me. As if, like, what, what does it even mean to swear on someone's grave? What does it even mean to swear in the, in the name of God? And, and, and we're surprised that, yeah, people deceive. And if people have to, like, repeatedly say, no, I am, like, what do you want me? I, I'll pay you if you believe me. Like, yeah, you're probably untrustworthy. And just in basic godly wisdom, do you know what God says to kind of push against that? Let your yes mean yes and your no mean no. So you don't have to be swearing on, on, 
on the graves of dead people or in the name of the Lord Jesus, just say what's true. Is that reasonable? So, so one sure thing this command is, is communicating is using God's name is, is not an opportunity for, for manipulation. The second thing, and again, very ground level, all right? Very practical. To misuse means no irreverence. Now, I asked Titus 20 seconds before I stood up here, hey, what do you think it means to, use, uh, to, to misuse God's name or to take the Lord's name in vain? And he was like, oh, my gosh. I was like, that's a, yeah, that's what we think about. Like, like OMG, like this is the one, right? Or, or like, oh, like, I remember not being a Christian. And I, for whatever reason, this was like one of, the, one of the things that I knew. And somebody would say, like, God, and be like, don't say that. Like, why would I say that? Or we say, like, oh, Lord, or Jesus Christ, or, or, or bear with me, God damn it. And then, then Will's like, yeah, teacher, you know what else the preacher said? <laughs> Here's the thing. Words matter. They matter a lot. You know, to damn, this is, this is like Webster. Like Webster Dictionary. To damn means to, to uh, a curse and, uh, unto eternal punishment. When you say of the person that cuts you off flippantly, God damn them, you, you don't know what you're saying. You have no flipping idea the weight of the words that you're, that you're saying. And you might say, well, that's not what I mean. Well, well okay, well, let, let us then be people who say what we mean. Because God knows in the culture that we live in, we get to be people who say what we mean. And we get to be people who, who don't say what we don't mean. And so uh, lots of things in that, just in the, the normal way of life, and, and some get bent out of shape like gosh or, or cheese and rice or, you know, whatever, you know, all the things. And it's like, oh, okay, like, like words matter. And, and God isn't stuffy in a, in a way that would say like, Oh, you shouldn't say those words. It's, it's not like that. We get to understand from, from a matter of our heart that even, even crying out to God in vain without faith behind it is a misuse of God's name. Check it out. Praying without faith is irreverent. get that to pray to speak to God without believing that he can do what it is that we're inviting him to do don't do that and th this isn't about not cussing or, or about finding the appropriate words to say when you stub your toe in the middle of the night that is not what this is about Please don't get caught up in, in that and that we begin to be the, uh, the, the word police and like, oh, remember, it's not like that. But, but why did you say that? Where is that coming from? That's what, and, and not just of our neighbor, but of ourselves. And so it, it's about the God of all creation, redeemer, sustainer, the foundation of all that, 
that exists. It's about living in a way that honors him. And you might see it in, in some uh, categories of life like, like this is just a, a list of, of victims to you. But these people have names. We've all heard situations like that. These people have, have names. And, and the idea is that, that acknowledging their, their name brings about a certain level of honor and respect. It's why the tomb of the unknown soldier is a big deal because we don't, we don't know his name. And it's why, you know, Vietnam or, or World War II or whatever memorials have a bajillion lists of what? Names. It doesn't just say, hey, thanks to all you who did like, who, who laid your life down. It's because with these things come honor. <clears throat> you know, there's this idea of, of tarnishing the, the name or, or even tarnishing like the family name. <clears throat> so, so again, if I'm just picking on my kids today, sorry. If my kids do something in such a way, and I say, oh, gosh, you know, grams aren't quitters. How dare you quit? Wearing, you're wearing my name. You're wearing our name. And you're living in a way that doesn't walk. And now that can be bad, admittedly. But, but in some ways, like, we see that a lot. It, it reflect, ref, reflects badly, like, carry the name with, with honor. And, and that's an okay thing. And so, so what of the way that we show reverence when we consider God's name. Well, really simply, when, when we make reference to God, we get to acknowledge that God is one to be honored. And, and he is the king of all the kings. And, and I mean to tell you, there was a, a king, a, a ruler of something, a famous actor, producer, whatever, among us today, you would be aware of it, and it would change the way that you think about the people in the room. God is literally the king of all kings, and that means that our lips get to honor him when we make reference to him, just as our lives get to honor him as we carry his name. It, it means that we get to have a mindfulness that God is all the time. And if you say things about him that indicate that he isn't, that's a fracture. That's what God is calling us not to do. The last thing is, is this. To misuse means no separation of name and nature. In Exodus 3, when God declared his name to Moses, this is actually what he said. Say to the Israelites, The Lord, the God of your fathers, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, the God of Jacob, that's, that's kind of the, the, the patriarchs that, that God's blessing was flowing through in the Old Testament, that's the one. I, I am he who has sent me to you. This is my name forever. The name by which I am to be remembered from generation to generation. Now you can say, oh, so, so the, name is every, the, the name is everything. But, but do you think his emphasis is on his name? 
Or do you think it's on what his name is pointing to? His nature, who he is, not only who he is apart from them, but who he is with them. That it is me, it is us, it is I, the God of of all your forefathers, the same God yesterday, today, and forever. It is me, and, and my name will be remembered from generation to generation. What that means, God is is present. God is present, and and by his name he declares himself, I am that I am. So God's reputation, his name, precedes him, and it follows after him because it it is him. There is a a common figure of speech, and I won't say the name because it's a really weird name, but there are lots of new faces among us today. That would be an okay thing to say. And you would know what I meant by that. That we don't just have some new faces, literally faces, sitting in chairs or on the wall. But those faces are probably attached to three-dimensional heads and bodies. Or, or maybe like, ah oh man, like you got some sweet new wheels. I know, you know, that doesn't mean that like, Oh man, you got and you got four of them. It does, you know that's not what it means. And there's probably a car attached, right? And, and in the same way, uh, the way that that even the Bible talks about God, it's is His name will be known. And, and the Psalms just spew this stuff, right? How majestic is Your name? And is it like, oh my Yahweh? That wow, that is just Yahweh. Yah, that is majestic. No, it's his, it's wholeness. It's who he is. How majestic is your name? Or, or, or uh, God saved them for his name. You're reading the Bible, you will see this everywhere. You'll be like, wow, I can't believe how much the Bible talks about God's name. Mostly unlike Juliet's description of what's going on with Romeo, right? Remember, Juliet wants him separated from his name. He's not, he's not just his family name. Totally fair, right? I, I get it. But, but God is, is one with his name. Jesus says this thing. Jesus, fully God, fully man, shows up and he's praying. John 17, and he says, Father, I have manifested your name to the people whom you gave me out of the world. What's the word manifest mean? It means you, you made it visible. You made it, you made it show up where people can see it. Jesus says, I have manifested your name to the people. In the, uh, the, the Bible project, I don't know if you guys, as a, as a resource, if you're jumping into a new book, hey, I'm reading a new book in your devotions or whatever, just look up Bible Project and the name of that book, and it will give you like a really helpful overview uh, and really cool voiceovers, little animation stuff, and it helps build out what's going on there. Well, they have a podcast, the Bible Project podcast, and it takes kind of some deep dives into some rich theological banter. And so <clears throat> they talk about this, this name, and, and they, they bring some questions and clarity around this idea of God and his name. And this is what they say. This, they said this, this idea of, of God's name in Exodus and what Jesus is saying here in John 17. If, if you were a Jew 
having lived under the Old Testament, and Jesus came along and, and he began to pray these things, immediately they would know that Jesus is declaring, wait, you, hold on, so you're, Jesus is, is making the, the, the God of the burning bush and he one and the same. What we do is, is because we're, we're beyond the, the New Testament, we start with the New Testament and then like make connections and, and work our way backwards. But I just love that idea that, that they're saying as, as history unfolded and Jesus declared these things to the, literally the people in the room, so to speak, they would have been like, hold the phone. You're, you're saying that you're making God's name visible, right? And they would have been interpreting this in a way that, that was really helpful that, that sometimes it's easy for us to miss. So all of this being so, to misuse God's name is to misunderstand God's nature. And God commands us to literally carry his name to one another and to the nations. So certainly we get to speak his name uh, in a way that isn't just a manipulation tool. And, and we get to use his name in a way that isn't irreverent, that, that doesn't belittle his honor. And certainly we get to speak his name with a mindfulness of the connection between his name and his nature. So, so we put all this together and then, like this is kind of the emphasis that, that God's name is I am. So live as if he is. God's name is I am. So, so live as if he is in the frivolous words that come out of your mouth. In, in the big things that, that you do, in the way that you live your life. All of the things God is. So, so live as if he is. And as we see here, just as with God's call to, uh, to live lives of love and obedience and the commands before this. Jesus, he shows the way, he lives up to the expectations that God has laid before his people. He invites us to unity in his work as he conforms us to, to carry my name in a way that matters, carry my name in a way that reflects me. And Jesus says, I have manifested your name to the people whom you gave me. What Jesus is saying is, he's saying, I've, I've carried your name in a way that matters. The whole of redemption in Christ, the, the whole of rescue in Jesus is that, that where we fail, Christ succeeds. The whole of redemption in our sanctification, the way that we begin to be conformed to the image of God through our unity with Jesus by faith, and the Spirit in us, the, the whole of it is, is where we fail, He succeeds. Where sin fails to satisfy, He satisfies deeply. And as it plays out here, you shall not take the name of the Lord God in vain. For the Lord will not hold him guiltless who takes his name in vain. So we know God isn't a liar. So... In, in some way, this is going to be true that he will not hold him guiltless who carries his name in a dishonoring way as we live in, in God's covenant community. So, so that means we get to walk in 
obedience to what he calls us into. We get to carry his name in a way that honors him. And at the same time, what a gift. What good news it is that when we, uh, in him, to overcome our sin and our failure and our brokenness and, and our manipulation and our irreverence, when we trust all of those things into his hands, we are united with Jesus who carries God's name perfectly in every thought, every motive, every word, and in every action as a faithful son. He manifests the name of God. And he calls us to go, to do the same. And, and as we respond by faith in him, and as we entrust ourselves to his saving grace, and as we walk in obedience, we get to, we get to be baptized as a response to that. And when we're baptized, and, and for us, in just a, I don't know, a, a month and a half, two months, whatever, whenever we do baptism next, we'll stand up here and we'll be a big trough and we'll be celebrating, and it'll be exciting. And you know what we're going to say? We're going to say, I baptize you in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Not only are we called to honor His name, but, but we will honor his name as our life conforms to Christ. We carry his name. And so if you are in Christ today, and you've been baptized in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Spirit, you are carrying his name with you. To misuse God's name is to misunderstand God's Nature, But to understand God's name is, is to carry his name by the fullness of our faith, by the presence of the Spirit as our highest prize. And the band can come on up. I'll, I'll close out with, uh, with a quote. Then, so what does this look like? He says, to honor God's name is to use that very name in every time of need to call on and to give thanks. We don't have to be afraid of his name. We don't have to not write it and leave out vows. We don't have to be worrying about saying God. But we just get to be mindful that, that all that we have, because he is present, because we are his, because we carry his name, Use that very name in every time of need to call on, pray to, praise, and give thanks to God. So we get to respond today. However this strikes us and whatever the Spirit would like to do in you in response to His Word, you get to sit right where you are. You can stand up and, and sing with the band. You can go over here to the prayer bench and pray by yourself if you would like. You can go to one of the red trees that you'll find, and you can find a couple people next to those would love to pray with you. And if you are in Christ, you bear his name. We get to remember and declare the good news that Jesus laid down his life, that his body was broken, that his blood was spilt. We get to do that by taking communion, drinking the drink, taking of, of the cup and of the bread to remember and declare God's work to us. God, thank you.
thanks for these people. And that we get to come together under your name. And we get to come uh, to our Father in the name of Jesus. Because he is the one that earns us the name. God, would you let us be mindful in the way that we use our words? And, and even more, would you, would you reveal our hearts in a way that lets us live as if you are every moment of every... We love you and we thank you in Jesus' name.